it's an emergency. We we're lost. We don't know what we're doing. Emergencies happening. DNVR Avalanche podcasts as the Avs have officially made a trade. AJ. What up, Doug? Did you know that Matt Nieto is from Long Beach, California? Hey, Rudo. (laughs) I I earned this one. What? (laughs) Did you know that Matt Nieto is from Long Beach? (laughs) I did, in fact, know that. Just happened (laughs) happened upon that information. Uh, (laughs) Abs officially trade Martin Kaut and Jacob McDonald to the San Jose Sharks for Matt Nieto and Ryan Merkley. Now, there's a decent chance the biggest piece in this trade ends up being Ryan Merkley. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, We want to talk about the rest of these pieces first. Obviously, uh, with Martin Kaut and Jacob McDonald, at this point, Jacob McDonald had more or less played himself out of a defensive role on the team and was getting three to five minutes a night on the forward side. Really didn't have a role on the team anymore. You and I, AJ, had been talking about, is it finally time to just send them through waivers and and buck up and get it done? Uh, And then Martin Kaut, a guy that I think you and I both like, but for whatever reason never seemed to really fit in Colorado. Yeah. So as much as I like Martin Cowder, it really does not feel like the abs gave up very much here. In what, <clears throat> in what way can you argue that they really gave up something that they felt they needed? Martin Cowder's passed through waivers twice this year uh, and was a guy that they, you and I can feel how we feel about the player. It doesn't matter. How they feel about the player has been obvious. And after he played 20-some-odd games for them, that they just randomly pulled the ripcord and were like, boop. Out. Hard out. That tells you, that really just goes to to, to show you, like, where they were with it. Yep. Um, that, so that's a that's a guy that they did not see that if, if he's not going to be able to help him in this spot. Win can you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then Jacob McDonald was a guy that we've been sitting here being like, can you guys just send this guy down? Because it got to the point where, in in my opinion, I I thought what, what was happening here was disrespectful. On playing a dude three minutes a night? Like, come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, and, and the reality is, certainly on the defensive side, Andreas Anglund had earned that sixth seventh guy job depending on however healthy the abs are you want to say uh, and the abs clearly preferred curtis mcdermott as that guy that can play forward and d over jacob mcdonald yeah and i think that i think that jacob mcdonald had coming into the year probably was on even ground with curtis mcdermott yeah and then as the, up for grabs as the year went on uh the fact that they were they had totally moved on from McDonald on defense. Mc, at yeah, all. yeah. Like not like they were just like no, we're not doing this until we have to. Yeah, and that situation popped up with this <clears throat> kill McCarr will he won't he stuff. So um, that I think I, you know I, I think it's pretty obvious that Jacob McDonald just didn't have 
a role here anymore. Where I think this sucks is that I think Jacob McDonald, like the Eagles have lost both of their captains now. One to waivers and one to a trade now. Yeah, because uh, between Magna and McDonald, those are two really good AHL players and really high quality character veterans for a really young Eagles team. For sure. And so that's that's not great. You don't love that. Yeah. But, uh, like, uh, beyond that, at the NHL level, <clears throat> the reality here is that they lose they, they, they lose two guys in this trade that they don't that, – that are kind of spare parts that were sort of spare parts for them organizationally at this point. Definitely. Um, we have been talking about the Martin Cout prospect swap for a long time. Yeah. And it finally has happened, uh, and the prospect that they get in return. Oof. We're, we're going to talk about it a lot. Uh, there's a lot of angles to it in Colorado, but before we get to that, obviously the key immediate impact piece of the Avalanche roster is Matt Nieto. Uh, most of our viewers, I think, will probably know him from his first go-around. Uh, yeah. Colorado Avalanche, but I'm sure there are some new people who don't know him as well. Hard bottom six guy will provide a a little bit of offense for you, but is another, I think I called him Logan O'Connor 2.0 on the show earlier today because he will frustrate you with his inability to finish opportunities. But he can fly around the ice, skate real fast, and and be a bit of a pest in that way. So it definitely fits into the abs stylistically as far as depth. Yeah, I mean, we talk about we we've always complained about Matt Nieto and the, the finishing ability and all that, but he's got the same number of goals as Valeri Natushkin this season. A couple more games played, but <laughs> sure. But I mean, you're talking the same number of goals as Andrew Cogliano too. And I, it's basically production wise. It's basically like they took Andrew Cogliano copy and paste it. I I appreciate that. Take those numbers with some context. Keep in mind of in San course. Jose, this was a guy regularly playing 16, 17 minutes a night on a very bad hockey team. In Colorado, he's going to be playing like 12, maybe less. So there's going to be less opportunity for him to produce in Colorado. Yeah, he so for for uh comparison's sake, the full seasons that he played in Colorado, he averaged fourteen oh five of ice time. And I, I don't he, know that he be, gets that. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it was that high. Just given where the Abs as an organization are at this point. Yeah. It should also be noted that the shooting percentage that he has right now, it's a little high. It's a little high. Is the third highest of his career. Yep. For what it's yeah. worth, second highest of his career. For what it's worth, all of his goals have come from about four feet away from the net. So he is a guy that will get to that area of the ice and and slam pucks towards the goal. Uh, Always a good thing for a depth forward. Put it that way. Yeah. I mean, he's production-wise. Production-wise, he's basically what Cogliano has given the Amps this year, which the Amps have needed. Yep. So that's... If you compare that to a top-line player, it's not very good production. If you compare that to the literal nothing that they've been getting out of Anton Bleed and Martin Kaut and Ben Myers and 
that's a general forward spot step up from that the 12th 13th guy whatever you want to call it yeah yeah um you are you're talking about an important an important contributor there that he he gives you we talk about this all the time he raises the floor of your roster yep he doesn't raise the ceiling he doesn't he doesn't make the top of your roster better but he makes the bottom of your roster. He gives it a floor base level of expectation that Jared Bednar is going to love. Going to well love. Right. It, it's twofold there. One, I think we're pretty clearly at a point where Darren Helm not looking great for him returning at this point. And that means the addition of Matt Nieto is, as you said, a guy that Bednar is actually going to be willing to play more than five minutes a night and yeah. give him some ice time when it gets into not garbage time. To be honest with you, the way that Ben Myers has been playing for the last couple of weeks, he needed some homies. <laughs> a little like, help. <laughs> he needed he needed a guy that he needed a guy or two that Jared Bednar was comfortable playing and the going and getting Matt Nieto certainly answers that. Yeah, I I have no no problems with this trade at all. I, to be honest with you, I think Colorado today, obviously, you know, how prospects pan out, you never know. But today I would say Colorado has won this trade pretty easily. Yeah. Well, in, from a perspective of purely from the perspective of they get a guy that helps their NHL roster right now, they don't give up draft picks. They don't give up prospects that they really, 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 really like. They get back a guy, they get back an NHL player, you know, instead of instead of going out and spending a sixth round pick or a fifth round pick, they they get back Matt Nieto more or less for two guys that would have passed through waivers. Yep, it's certainly not high value trade options. Nothing you're probably certainly would have more value in something like a second round pick. Not that the Avs have one, but. <laughs> It, it just where the value was at, and that's for Matt Nieto alone. And then that's you get for into Matt Nieto Ryan. alone. We haven't even touched on the whole Ryan Merkley part of this because when I opened the email, I was like, "Oh, I wonder what it's for." And I initially only saw Jacob McDonald and Matt Nieto, and I was like, "That's a really weird value." Yep. For San Jose, what's Seems going like on? Slam dunk for the Abs on that front. Yeah. Well, and then I saw Martin Cout, and I was like, "Okay, this makes sense." But then you throw in the Ryan Merkley piece of this, and you're like. What is San Jose doing? Okay. Now, this Ryan Merkley conversation is quite a bit complicated. Uh, do we want to do, do fancies for Nieto before we move on to Merkley? Oh, do we have Nieto fancies? I didn't yeah. Know. Yeah. Let's let's bring those up then. Whichever whichever one you want first. Yeah, I don't know which ones are which. So. <clears throat> Does Tiff have him? Yeah. All right. So player card. He's been. It's it's more or less what we've expected with Matt Nieto. Uh, the defense has been a little bit down this year. The offense is as always is. The finishing is way up this season, which is kind of uh, holding his uh, overall war up. But uh, you guys already are pretty familiar with Matt Nieto. That teammate number will go down, but so will that competition number. Yep. I expect the finishing and the goals per 60 will go down as well. Most likely. 
but yeah, that's that that comes with the territory a little bit. Uh, yeah. P.S. Uh, I use the uh, night version of everything for my yeah. migraine issues, uh, and that's why Matt Nieto yeah. looks like a zombie in that picture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm surprised the uh, the night mode even works with Google Sheets, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, some things it does, some things it doesn't, as you can see yeah. with this. Yep. So here you go. Um, a couple of things. Again, the defense a little bit. Uh, the, the defense is is fine. The PK work is fine. Um, he's he has drawn seven penalties this year. He's only taken four, so he's not super involved there. Uh, and you can see from his entire career, defensively, he's a good he's a good defensive forward that can be relied upon, and he doesn't do a lot offensively for you. Yep, will help stabilize the bottom six basically. Yeah. <clears throat> and to be honest, that's what we've been asking from the abs. Well, that's, we've just been saying, Hey, you know, uh, all these conversations about all oh, when they get healthy and what happens with this, what happens with that? Look, it doesn't really matter right now. Um, the big thing is, is that it does not look good for uh, Darren Helm. Yeah. And with the uncertainty surrounding Darren Helm, even if even if Darren Helm were to return this season, it's not happening anytime soon. Yep. Uh, so Matt Nieto is a guy that you can plug into your lineup for the next twenty games, uh, before the you know, and and for the next month, especially in the next month before the trade deadline, before they make any other Get moves that they might want to make. March third, and then reassess that situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think, and I. I I would suggest people plan for no more Darren Helm as much as that's a bummer. Yeah. It just, especially with reoccurring injuries like that, it's tough. Yeah. When you have surgery to fix something twice and you play five games and immediately you're like, something's wrong. Yep. It's a really tough, uh, it's a really tough go. Um, yeah, exactly. Avery knows. Um, really, though, like you're you are talking from an NHL level, you get you get better here. Uh, you stabilize a position of need, but organizationally, from the from the perspective of the AHL swap here, the count for Merkley, <clears throat> Ryan Merkley's not. He shouldn't be on the Avalanche right now. No, uh, he's in the final year of his ELC. He's a really odd career arc. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it it really it really is uh, with Merkley. All right. So here's here's the thing. Um, if Jesse was here, <laughs> he would retell the draft day story of when we were in Dallas and everybody was really kind of blown away that he got taken. We had done all of our homework and talked to people around a lot of <clears throat> the organization. Um, Ryan Merkley was the kind of talent that could have justified a top 10 pick. Um, he's a phenomenal skater, uh, a right-handed shot. He's not, not like a uh, great size. I mean, it's very average size. He's right about 5'11", 190. It's pretty average. Yep. <clears throat> uh, and 
the problem is, is that he had massive, massive character concerns in his draft year. Yep. Now he got drafted. Things have not been great since it's, then. I, it's been weird, right? Like he hasn't been particularly great generally after getting drafted he had the weird team change in the ohl yeah his first year pro because he ends up playing half a season in the ahl then san jose is really bad so the next year they play him 30 games in the nhl where he's not any good Mm -hmm. and now he's kind of stuck in this weird limbo of an ahl where he's not playing horribly in the AHL this year yeah. by any stretch. And but. he had he had requested a trade because he was just like, look, this is it's not happening with this organization. It's not great. I I will say I don't know where the character stuff is today. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. I just don't uh since he since he got to an organization, it's been not my pick, not my farm territory. It it certainly hasn't blown up to the point beyond his own team sphere that's for sure yeah um <clears throat> some of this you always want i'm always really really uncomfortable talking about character stuff when people don't want to get into it because you don't know what the hell is going on there like yeah. you don't know you don't know is he just a bad teammate is he selfish is there like what's the level here you know because they're we always thought there, there are degrees to these things where you're like, oh, you know, he's selfish and he cares about his stats a whole bunch or like potentially involved in something criminal, right? Like, and as chat is going over right now, I've never heard anything like that right. where it's, it's, it's more just like a really, really. The gap between being a hothead and being Mitchell Miller is. Right. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <clears throat> He's not, he hasn't carried that level of a baggage with him. Yeah. It's more like, it's more like occasionally he, he does tee off and do something stupid. He's got, he got the big slash. Um, he had the, the, the suspension for two handing a guy, mm-hmm. um, which is well earned. Um, it was a, it was an ugly, it was an ugly scene. <clears throat> but, for the most part, I mean, we're talking about attitude stuff here. Yep. You know, can can this guy grow up? Can he be a pro? Can he learn to, to be – can he learn to buy into something bigger than himself, or is he always just going to be about himself? So, uh, yeah, I mean, Ice Time and – we're not even talking about Jared Bednar with this conversation. Yeah. This, this, is, not a, this is not an avalanche Ice Time thing. This is a – he needs to be with the Eagles for a while. He needs to get well, where he makes sense for the Avalanche is that he is he is a really really talented offensive yeah. defenseman. He needs to learn to play defense, but has a uh, ton of skills that fits their systems. He and exactly and look as far as the Avs are concerned. Before this trade, the Avs' list of interesting defensive prospects was Sean Barron's end of list. It's true. So there was plenty of room to add a guy like Ryan Merkley as far as organizational prospect depth is concerned. And again, you know, we don't know the, the attitude issues, whatever. But as far as on ice, it seems like a real easy fit to drop that dude in with the Eagles and, and give him some burn. 
if you are if you are the Dallas Stars or something, you're looking at this deal going, oh God. <laughs> oh God. Because let's be real here. Not every guy has worked out in Colorado over the last five or six years. But a lot of dudes have come to the Avs and gotten and, better yeah. and squared up in a way that they did not. I mean, look at Andreas Engel. I, I particularly defensemen have gotten a lot better. You, under this you look at Ryan Graves comes to Colorado. Uh, you know, Andreas England comes to Colorado. They get through, you know, with the Dan Renuffs of the world, like some of the veteran guys where, you know, Megan, Megan did a, a, a piece in which, Brad Hunt talks about how different playing for Greg Cronin is. You go back even Patrick Nemeth's first stint through the Colorado Avalanche and how he developed into a real NHL defenseman. It's The list is just very, very long of successful stories when it comes to defensemen coming into this organization and coming out as NHLers. Yeah, he. it is like you're talking about this is a dude that like – Skills-wise, the way that he plays the game is a picture-perfect fit for what the Avalanche want from their defensemen. He attacks. He's really high-skilled. He's really aggressive. He's a very good skater. He gets involved offensively. Uh, his draft year was the same as Scouts, 2018. Yep. Um, he, gets, he gets involved has no fear jumping like, up into the play. Yeah. In in the, in the way that <clears throat> we we see the Avalanche want from their D. So, um it's it's really a question of can they hone this? Can they work with this guy? Can they help him grow up? You know, this is their next big reclamation project. The the next big one that they've taken on since Val Nichushkin is will now be Ryan Merkley and this is a big one because this was a dude that was on a lot of D&D lists. In, in in 2018, I think including Colorado's, to be honest with you, given some of the conversations that I had back then. But pretty sure, actually, it was Colorado's. <laughs> um, some things have changed in the organization since then. Um, and, and, of course, you win a Stanley Cup and you kind of got that glow. And I wonder how much of this is the organization kind of having a feel for themselves where they're like, they they're they're what, looking they're looking 100%. at him a little like, bit of a heat check here for sure. I was gonna make a romantic comparison, but a heat check is a good way to put it. <laughs> and, yeah, and and again, it, pretend for a second that this guy's name's not Ryan Merkley. Pretend it's Joe Defender, and you look at the Avs organization and you're like, well, we let Martin Kaut go, but we have John Luke Foodie. We have a Sampo hey, Ranta. A- <laughs> we have <laughs> you have an Oscar Olausen. It's you have multiple multiple options right now on the forward side of your organization in the AHL. It's just understanding and managing your assets. And and again, whatever you believe Martin Count may or may not be, I think you yeah. certainly believe as far as talent wise that Ryan Merkley can be that level of NHL or if not more. Well, and from an organization standpoint, you have another, you now have a defenseman in your system in, in, in the AHL level 
<clears throat> again, finishing his ELC, lots of runway here. You have a lot of RFA years to work with. So you give him a qualifying offer. You like what you see. You give him a qualifying offer. You bring him back next year. You work with him. You yep. see if he fits. You see who he is. You see, okay, what do we have here? What what's what are we working with? And who who is this guy? How talented is he? Can he fit? Do we like him? You know, all these things. You get to answer all these questions about what he might be able to become for you in your in your organization. And you kind of jump to you you jump several steps here to get a guy this talented. With this, you know, it's going to come with a red flag somewhere. It's going to come with question marks somewhere. But they don't have the draft capital right now to take these kinds of chances. So they pulled from where they were good, where they had some they had some room to make some choices. And they I mean, not only helped the NHL team today, but they might have helped the NHL team tomorrow. If this trade works out, these are the types of trades people talk about. Uh, how organizations stay at championship levels for extended lengths of time. Now, That's why I'm saying out, we don't know, but a team like Dallas is looking at it going, God damn it. <laughs> because that could have, that age was going to be gone. This defense was going to get worse. <laughs> right. They're like, great. We were, we were worried about just Sean Barron's, but now these guys sprinkle their little Colorado magic dust on them. Now it's going to be Sean Barrett and Ryan Merkley. Like, great. <laughs> so, yeah, no. And if, if you are having a serious and, and like, look, the, the NHL games that Ryan Merkley played a couple of years ago, he was brutally bad. Yep. He was, he, he was, was also rushed to the NHL way too yes. quickly. <laughs> like, he was, he was in no way ready for, for that. Uh, it should not have happened. That was a, that was an organization that had lost its way making bad choices. Uh, and, Unfortunately, he paid that price. Yep. And now he's in an organization that doesn't need him to do shit. They need him. They need him to show up, change the attitude, and just just work. Get to work. Try try to try to be the best version of himself. If he gets to work on that, you have absolutely no idea where this goes. If he doesn't get to work on that, then this ends up being they didn't give up anything that they were really, really going to miss yep. from a hockey perspective. Uh, I, Jacob McDonald rules as a human being, and so I don't want to gloss over and just act like that's not meaningful. Um, but from a hockey perspective, they they can survive this one pretty easily, and this is the kind of this this is the kind of creative way to approach things that Colorado is going to have to consistently do over the next few years while they don't have lots of draft picks for this. All right. All right. I'm, I'll show you, Chad. What do we think? What do we think? Uh, team male model, Matt Nieto, yes or no? You know, he <clears throat> he looks like the front man of an emo band or a pop punk band going to warp tour but it's being held in San Jose so they gave him a local team jersey to wear <laughs> that's Just, what this picture looks like it kind of does like, all he needs is the studs in his ears and maybe like one tattoo creeping out from the neck somewhere yeah see I I actually prefer 
him with a little bit more hair here. Let me let me show you guys this one. All right, I think this one's a little bit closer to team male model. I don't know though. That has helped him, in my opinion. Yes, it's yeah. better. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> the chat wanted it, so I I gave him what they wanted. Okay, but what about Ryan Merkley? Ooh, I think, let me see if there's even any good pictures of Ryan Merkley that aren't like 100 by 100. Oh, he looks like my brother now. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so there's two versions of Ryan Merkley <laughs> and like they're really different. Oh. Let me well, That seems right. to track. So here's the first version. Ah, that's an OHL jersey. He's a teenager there. Yeah, the, but the, all of the ones when he's pro, he just kind of looks homeless. I'll show you in a second. <laughs> anyway, that's the that's the teenage version. The uh, the other version. I really don't. I really don't know how you you end up with a team male model on this one. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's what. That's what it is. <laughs> you haven't seen. Uh, you haven't seen Silicon Valley, have you? No, I still haven't well, watched it. Anybody? If anybody has, he kind of looks like Big Head's junkie brother in this picture. <laughs> He's doing his best. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I uh, at the end of the day, I think the floor of this trade is the Avs made themselves better today for minimal cost with an upside swing on the back half of this trade that maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. I just don't, I really, really struggle to see any downside on this trade for Colorado. So I think it's more smart business from McFarland and, and Sackick up in the front office. Yeah, this is a really sneaky flex super fine deal. Yep. They gave they gave Cout years to develop and kind of work out and now they've they've swapped him in a sort of a failed prospect for failed prospect move. Uh they move on from a, a guy that look they got Jacob McDonald for Rocco Grimaldi and now they've well they've revisited the Matt Nieto thing. <laughs> they've they've acquired Matt Nieto Twice now for yeah, Matt, very, very, very little. Matt Nieto's only allowed to play for two teams in this league. Apparently. <laughs> it was it was funny when the abs were like, we don't really need you back. And he was like, all right, I guess I'm going back to San Jose. <laughs> and now he's back. Yeah, and now it's like, all right, it's trade time. Where's he going? I guess he's going back to Colorado. <laughs> Those are his options. Uh, it will be certainly curious to follow the rest of Ryan Merkley's season with the Colorado Eagles. So Yeah, and somebody in chat had mentioned it. Boy, does it get intriguing at the end of the year when Sean Barron signs and Sean Barron's and Ryan Merkley are on that same defense, and you're like, More? what's <laughs> interesting, this? Interesting. This is kind of frisky and fun. <laughs> yeah, I will, I... from Matt Nieto's perspective, though, Opens up the door for Ben Myers to play 10 minutes a night now. <laughs> uh, and to really start building up the idea of them having a fourth line. 
please. Yeah, something that actually plays more than four minutes a night. That'd be cool. Please <laughs> open up the door for them to have a fourth line. <laughs> he, he'll. You think he wears the same number? You think he keeps eighty-three? Totally. Why yeah, not? Right. I don't know. Some team, Sometimes people like to change their number. I don't know. He didn't do it the first time. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know. People seem to change numbers randomly in their careers, though, so I don't really know anything about that. Yeah, he uh, wore, he's only ever worn 83, so. Well, there you no, go. There's no, there, there's no 83, right? I'm not missing anything. There isn't anybody <laughs> blocking it. Has there ever been anyone else that's worn 83? I don't think so. Let me pull up the uh, the hockey reference list real quick. No. Just Nieto, yeah, okay, yeah. So there you go. Not a lot of, not a lot of eighty threes. Just league wide, I imagine. Yeah, so kind in of general. a number. Yeah. Maybe the most traveled eighty three, Jay Beagle and Alex Hemsky. Two journeymen right. there. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. A- anything else you wanted to add on this, AJ? Yeah, man, it's really uh, you raise the floor of your roster, and it gives you uh, you get a legit defensive prospect that you hope turns into something over the next couple of years. Man. That's that. Couldn't have said it better. We're gonna get out of here for this emergency pod. We appreciate the four hundred of you coming out to to listen to us talk about the news. Uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. I can't imagine the Avs are gonna do anything else significant until way closer to the deadline. But if they do. You know where to find us, where we'll be live. Like and subscribe. Do all that good stuff. We will talk to you on the next one. Goodbye. Hello. We're back. Oh, and we're back again. <laughs> is, this the, is this where... Yeah. Oh. <laughs>